Welcome to Prima's 2021 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Brent Holman will discuss the neuroscience of mentor-mentee relationships. Brent is the Workers' Compensation Insurance Program Coordinator for the University of Texas System. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Brent. Thanks for having me, Take One. So what is mentoring and what is the value of it? So historically, mentoring has been a way to guide and teach others. That's a way of providing mentors with satisfaction of giving and sharing while offering mentees a personalized pathway to success. It's been a, well, really thing that's been taking place since early recorded history, right? Using something as basic as teaching the use of fire from one person to the next, which I think we can all be thankful for. There is an art to mentoring, and new research is proving that mentoring reshapes our brains for even greater success than without. I'm a huge fan of podcasts, particularly those on success stories. I think more often than not, when you'll listen to one of those, you'll find that a person references a mentor who had a really large impact on their development in a career or personal. What is the correlation between mentoring and brain science? Let me preface this by saying that, that I'm not the scientist in this discussion. I'm merely the guinea pig. All right. But who would have thought our brains are highly social and naturally collaborative, right? That probably describes the whole new norm of of teams or Zoom meetings in the workplace as we were all physically separated much of the past two years. So while our persons, while we're communicating externally via words or body language, our brains internally are chemically working on the inside. Each of us have approximately 80 billion neurons, again, chemically talking to each other, through neurotransmitters. These communications are formed as either whispers between two neurons or shouts from one group of neurons to another. Mentoring may have its own forms of shouts and whispers, shouts being maybe public recognition or introductions to others at events like Prima, and whispers would include private conversations between a mentor and mentee, or even a mentor talking to another trusted advisor about assisting or supporting a mentee. So what are the biggest challenges to being a mentor or a mentee? I'm sure that time and patience are big challenges for a mentor. But for mentors, I'd really caution not going down the path of negative mentoring or focusing too much on weaknesses, as that can stifle a mentee's growth. But focusing on continued improvement and balancing patience will inspire the mentee to embrace learning experience, which then really happens when the brain is relaxed and happy. For the mentee, vulnerability is really big. It's a bit unnerving to put yourself out there, like doing a podcast, asking another individual for mentorship, especially if past experiences did not pan out. Second potential challenge is the risk of a mentor maybe taking credit for a work product if there is a working relationship between the two. For me, I can attest, though, that the benefits of giving and receiving mentorship far outweigh concerns or risks of a potential bad mentoring experience. So here's a little more science for you. Giving support to others has been shown to reduce stress levels and offset the sense of indebtedness that may accompany receiving from someone. So giving support also leads to an increased sense of autonomy, social connection, and happiness, which I think we get through mentoring. I love where Prima, y'all are going with the mentorship offerings, by the way. There's such wealth of wisdom in our industry, and I'm, I'm really glad that many of Prima's leaders are willing to share it with us. It's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. 
So how did you become a mentee? Thinking back, I probably mostly because I expressed interest and eagerness to learn, and maybe Melissa was drawn to that. I asked for continued professional development, which was supported via mentorship, industry involvement, and uh, organizations such as Prima, and networking, and then even through uh, courses such as the Associate Risk Management designation. I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, you can have everything in life you want. You'll just help other people get what they want. My mentor, Melissa, really embodies that with her giving spirit, and it is something that really she's instilled in me via her mentorship, something I'll continue to take with me. So what have you gotten out of your mentor-mentee experience? For me, probably, what, six years now worth of growth as a person and professional, lessons on leadership, building teams and culture, when to dive in, and then when to step back and, and maybe let someone else talk, how to argue a point how to let someone fail gracefully, and then even build them back up. One thing that's really important has been harped on multiple times is that not knowing it all is okay. And if you must know and do it all, then you'll really never succeed. So picking your experts and putting them in position to succeed is, is a really big key that I've learned. So even sometimes, though, a mentee, I'll say, can, can teach a mentor as well. Though I'm no computer scientist, I did grow up with computers, just Mr. Millennial here. And I'm happy to show uh, my mentor a tidbit or two of uh, maneuvering the laptop. How did you build trust in the mentoring relationship? Take one. There are a couple things that I'll go through here. We tried something called see it, try it, debrief it, try it again. There were times when Melissa let me lead meetings and I would just run off course and fail. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I believe we grow and learn in those uncomfortable situations. So while perfectly content leading small group discussions, I would often feel uncomfortable presenting in front of large groups. And so, you know, she would encourage me to, to participate in that stuff. But, and that's actually why she suggested being a moderator at Texas Prima conferences or national Prima conferences. And, and that's where I think I first met you, Taekwon. So secondly, what we really try to do is create a psychologically safe environment, really trying to unlock potential there. We've had many heated discussions, you know, discussing just particulars of a, a rule or a law or or whatever it may be. I don't know how many of those I've won, but, but that's not what matters. The key is that she created an environment where I could and continue to feel comfortable expressing thoughts and, and taking intellectual tasks to their conclusion. And then we'd review those resulting impacts in comparison to other possible decisions that, that could have been made or outcomes. And, and that has been really key for us in, in learning and, and our working and mentoring. What are some things that may have demotivated you? My mentor is extremely involved in her career, volunteering, and family, so really busy. Uh, she's a master of time management, but also extremely generous when that phone rings. So it's something I really admire and try to emulate. Probably not as skilled at it as she is. So had she been more dismissive of me as it relates to her time, I would likely have been less motivated or probably turned off even to the mentorship process. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that time that has been given. And I know that that's... Uh, really tough as we're all very busy in our careers. Similarly, my mentor expressed genuine caring about my career and learning. So it's much easier and at the same time more meaningful to take criticism from someone who you know has your best interests at heart. And this goes back to creating that psychologically safe environment. I'd advise anyone looking to be a mentor to create that environment where the mentee can feel comfortable expressing thoughts, taking those paths that we discussed to their conclusion, and then reviewing those impacts in comparison. That's really key, really key in the learning process. Now, 
what are your top recommendations for a mentor or a mentee? Being the mentee, I'll, I'll focus more on that side, but I think the answers probably can help mentors as well. Um, so first, be vulnerable. Ask questions. Don't feel like you are bugging the other person, but also be flexible and thoughtful of the time and place when you bring up a situation or question to your mentor. You know, that just be understanding when when they don't respond back right away or, or say, hey, can we chat in a day or two, whatever it may be. Secondly, imposter syndrome is very real and many of us feel it. It's exciting and even intimidating to learn from those who have much more experience than us, which is why Prima is great. We have a large mix of, of people and different points in their careers. I continue to feel like an imposter some days. You know, when I take a step back though and examine myself from day one, I gathered more perspective of, of just how much I've learned in my career uh, with the help, really, of mentoring. I'm certainly more knowledgeable now than when I started, and I'll hopefully be able to take all of that, my experiences, my development, and help the next person. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.